This is now. I'm reminded of an experience that I had several years ago. It was an August night at Ferry Beach. Ferry Beach is a Unitarian Universalist camp located in Maine, about 30 miles south of Portland. And at this particular night, many had already gone to bed, and those of us who were working with the youth lingered on the beach, enjoying the rhythmic sound of the ocean, the fill of the sand, and the gentle night breezes. Something was happening in the night sky, a light that spread and streaked and became more and more spectacular. Northern lights, someone whispered. Northern lights. It seemed imperative to wake everyone up, to call everyone to come and wander with us. And soon there we were on the beach. All of us, youth, children, young adults, elders, parents, wide awake, some asleep, and some somewhere in between. But we were sharing a moment of wonder and awe. At Ferry Beach that night, we experienced the transcendent, the more yet in a community of the whole. We all felt the profoundly religious nature of the moment. And I, who was a recent Unitarian Universalist, became drawn in to a faith that connected me to the realm of infinity. You know, we seek to create faith communities that hold and magnify those transcendent moments of wonder and awe. Curriculum, resources, and programs can help set the stage, but it's only in our lived experiences that these spiritual moments become real, become part of one's faith. For me, it began on a beach in the presence of the Northern Lights. Where did it begin for each of you? In that moment at Ferry Beach, I was reminded of the importance of being in the moment and being open to the possibilities and new lessons and experiences that can happen. So how can we as a faith community learn to be in the moment? Life lessons have taught me three approaches that I have learned to rely on. One, empty your cup. Two, be mindful of the journey that we are all on. And three, be open to change and learn to embrace it. Emptying your cup can best be illustrated in this story. Nanan, a Japanese master, received a university professor who came to inquire to him about Zen. And Nanan served tea, and he poured his visitor's cup full, and he kept on pouring. And the professor watched the overflow until he could no longer re refrain himself. It's over full. No more will go in. And the master quietly thought and then said, like this cup, 
You are full of your own opinions and speculations. How can I show you about Zen and the world unless you first empty your cup? So all of us as a faith community, we're on a journey of learning how to be in the moment. And one time as a young father, I decided that I would take my oldest daughter out on a mountain drive. She and I were excited as we began our journey and to the top of the mountain peak, and the drive up was quite windy, and the higher we climbed, the less and less of the room on the side of the road. We reached our destination and looked out on the beauty of the landscape where it was clear and we could see for several miles. I was enjoying that moment of solitude when suddenly my seven-year-old daughter, as a seven-year-old can do, those of you who can remember, got bored and she wanted to leave. So we made our way to the car quickly and started our descent down the mountain road. We're at the halfway point when my daughter announced she didn't feel well. I suggested, as I always did with her, that we sing a song that will take your mind off of that feeling and will continue to move forward. It worked for a brief moment. And then, without a warning, my daughter threw up all over herself, the front seat, the floor of the car. And as I looked, there was no safe place where we could stop. So I had no choice but to descend down the mountain drive to where I knew that there was a safe place, a picnic area, and running water. What seemed literally like hours, but really probably was only about 20 minutes, we arrived at the picket ground and I realized I had no towels or nothing to clean her up with or to wipe anything in the car, so I just stripped her, basically, and used her clothes as the best I could to try and clean her up. And I thought of this experience as I was thinking about that first thing about cup. You know, I had planned this adventure with my daughter and all my assumptions, this was gonna be wonderful and fabulous. And, and suddenly I had to quickly empty my cup and let go of all my assumptions and opinions and frustrations and truly do what I thought was best for my daughter, for the situation we found ourselves in. I had to quickly, inwardly, make room for new ways of thinking to handle the situation at the moment. So many times in our church work, we might not have someone throw up on us, but we might come across those situations where we might have to empty our cup and be open to new ways of thinking to handle the situation at the moment. Our second step is to be mindful of the journey that we're on. Another Zen story. A horse suddenly came gallantly quickly down the road and it seemed as though the man had something important to go. Another man who was standing alongside the road shouted, where are you going? 
And the man on the horse replied, I don't know. Ask the horse. <laughs> so many times on this journey, we are like the rider, letting the horse, letting the program, letting the past, letting a variety of things make the decision, which we end up sometimes mindlessly making a mindless decision. And so I think that the story leads itself to statements such as, not that you'll ever say this, we have always done it this way. <laughs> I'm not sure why we do it this way, we just always have. And so part of being in the now is recognizing the decisions that we make while on this journey do matter. And that doing something because we have always done it that way sometimes can lead us to make decisions that may be mindless. Third principle, embrace the concept of being open to change. Ooh. <laughs> I call this a concept learning to be in a liminal space. Liminal space is from the Latin layman meaning threshold and it means an inner state and sometimes an outer situation where we can begin to think and act in genuinely new ways. It's when we are betwixt and between having left one room or stage of life, but not yet entered the next. We often enter liminal space when our former way of being is challenged or changed, perhaps when we lose a job, a loved one, during illness, engagement, the birth of a child, or the retirement of a minister who had been here for 28 years. And during this grace time, we're not certain or in control. And the openness allows room for something genuinely new to happen. We are empty and receptive. An erased tablet waiting for new words. Liminal space is where we are most teachable. If we believe and behave in a manner to avoid this, we run the risk of creating a kind of smugness and belief that we have it all together and we know that our way is the right way. This creates an atmosphere where little wisdom or compassion is available to offer to the community of which we are a part. Much of the work of interim ministry is to get the congregation, all of you, into and keep you there long enough that you can learn something essential and new. I look at spiritual giants such as um, St. Francis, Mahatma Gandhi, and they tried to live their whole life in that liminal space, always being open to new ideas, always being in the present. This in-between place is free of illusion and false payoffs, and it invites us to discover and live from a broader perspective and with a much deeper eyes seen. 
Most of us cannot run off to some wilderness or hermitage, but spiritual traditions often temporally and partially are like experiences, like pilgrimages. And so during this time, I will encourage you to seek out those spiritual experiences in your life so that you too can try something different and daring. You can break your comfortable, as I call, sleepwalk in compulsive cultural trance and try to be open. In liminal space, we sometimes need to not do and not perform, but just sit and listen and observe. And we actually need to be open. Open to new ideas, open to new ways of thinking. Being in the now causes us to look in the mirror and ask the question, are my thoughts and actions congruent with my faith and am I who I profess to be? As a congregation in transition, keeping focused on here now becomes something that is very critical. I can tell you, I cannot tell you or profess that the challenges and the successes that we will have during this transition period. That much I know. But I also know and have come to learn in the short time I've been here that you are a community of great talent, of great faith, of great strength. So in the coming months, I will ask each of you to flex your muscles, to try new ways of thinking, to look at ways in which this congregation can become a truly beloved community. There will be times when some of us may disagree with each other, and others may want to hold on to their way and belief of doing things because it is comfortable. All this is expected in this transition process. And so what I'm asking from each of you is that there be an honest and respectful communication to ourselves, with me, and with each other. And I will commit to you that as your interim minister, I will communicate with you in an honest and respectful manner. I would ask each of you to begin to practice this simple task. Seek first to understand and then seek to be understood. Let me repeat that. Seek first to understand and then seek to be understood. This requires that in your interaction with each other, in your committee meetings, first come to listen and to understand the other. And as you do, I promise that conflict will be lessened and that compromise will occur. Conflict will be lessened and compromise will occur. I promise you this. I challenge all of you from this day forward 
that we might all practice the art of listening for understanding to each other, and that we may make decisions that are based from being in the now, so that creativity and ideas can easily flow. That together as a faith community, we will let go of the concept that we have always done it that way and open our minds and our hearts to new ways of thinking and living and being in community with one another. So, in summary, learning to be in the moment requires each of us willing to, one, empty our cup, let go of your own speculations and opinions so we can be open to listen, learn, and to be taught something new from each other. To be mindful of this transition journey that we were all on and don't make decisions and choices in a mindless manner or based on we have always done it that way. And three, embrace this concept of being open to change. Learn to be in liminal space, that inner state, and sometimes an outer situation where we can begin to think and act in genuinely new ways. I challenge you to learn to grow to become all that you can be and to become continually engaged in the process. We are a community. We have been here for over 175 years. Think of the people that have sat on these pews, that have sacrificed, that have built so that we may enjoy the blessings of this faith today. And so as we work together in this transition, please keep in mind that my role is to put a mirror in front of your face and to push you to be all that you can be. As I look out upon you and into your faces, I see people who sacrifice, who love, who love this faith, who wanted to endure. So think back on the moment that you discovered this faith, this church, and let that be that seed that helps you through this transition period. And also know that grief is to be expected. You loved a minister who nurtured and helped you and grew this church. And so I will be available to listen as you share your grief and as we work together. Thank you for the opportunity to be called to be your interim minister. May we truly be in the now, and may you continue to be the people of faith that I see today. May it be so.